Jessica DeMassa with Health Innovation Media and I am here at HIMSS 17. I'm joined by Matthew Holt. Um, Matthew is the co-founder of Health 2.0 and he is also a brilliant writer for the healthcare blog. Matthew, thanks for joining us. Jessica, it's always a fantastic pleasure. I think it's the fourth time you've interviewed me, always in some different guise, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> but here we are at the mother of all trade shows. The mother of all trade well, shows. Well, health, trade, I, health tech trade shows. It is. So, um, yeah, Hims is huge, right? Hims is large. <laughs> this is probably our biggest that, forum. And I know we had talked last at J.P. Morgan Healthcare in January, and so here we are at the tail end of February, and a lot has happened. Um, in the world around us, in the world around trade shows and in healthcare, <laughs> uh, we've seen an, an inauguration take place in between then and now. So, talk to me a little bit about what you're hearing here at Hims about some of the bigger things that are happening from a macro level on the industry in light of these well, the new climate. So, I think the last time we talked, I was talking about sort of ten trends that were, were happening. I don't have my, I don't have ten trends for you, but what I what I can tell you is that there's a lot of uncertainty about a couple of things. One is. Uh, as the new administration is bringing in a whole new concept, a new secretary, there's a bunch of questions about what is going to happen to the movement towards value-based care. Uh, I've, you know, inter interestingly met some new companies like Integra Connect, run by a guy called Chuck Saunders, who used to be at uh, Health Agenda before that at Broadlane and elsewhere, which is a specialty uh, management company aimed at providing services to completely manage the process of moving specialists who do things like cancer and uh, uh, urology to value-based care. Um, I've seen a bunch of other people talking about the data and analytics uh, surrounding that. I've had long conversations with some big companies like Health Catalyst and just SAP about building a data platform to manage analytics to, uh, to move towards value-based care. Having said all that, we have a new Secretary of Health, who's an orthopedic surgeon, who's on record as complaining about the two biggest movements that CMS has made towards quote unquote bundle payments so far, which is the uh, joint replacement uh, bundling and uh, the uh, um, and uh, some of the other work they've been doing in that. He's been complaining about that when he was in the Congress just back late last year. So it's kind of an open question about how far we're gonna to go towards value-based care as quickly as the Obama administration was doing. And if that doesn't work, um, then there's a real question as to how much of the, some of these new technologies are going to come into play. So I'm, I'm actually cautiously optimistic that it's all going to be kind of okay. I'm going to keep going on the path we've going, going, been going down. But we're in a world which, as I was reminded by uh, Dale Sanders, the health catalyst yesterday, 93% of American healthcare is still fee-for-service and it's not value-based. So that's the big overarching theme is how far does the new administration go to stop that quote-unquote progress that was being sure. made? And how does that, what are the ramifications that has for um, health technology and uh, how we deliver healthcare as a whole? What has the sentiment been here, in your opinion, as you've been walking I around? Do you think a lot, are I think there's a lot or? of people, there's a lot more optimism here, but I think, you know, you've got to be optimistic, right? If you're doing this stuff and you're moving, it, moving towards that, you've got to be optimistic. Doesn't mean you're necessarily right. <laughs> <laughs> My sentiment, but what I've been hearing, uh, I, I had a brief off the record chat with uh, the acting ONC coordinator, John White, just he grabbed me down to the corridor. So I was chatting with his old friend while we were chatting, but my, my, my sense is that the people who are coming, and look, a lot of these under, the undersecretaries, and the, you know, they've named Price, but the, the rest of those slots have to fill. There's no, there's no real new ONC coordinator. Um, we, don't, you know, we don't yet have a, a CMS head, although that one's been, a CMS has been announced. We don't yet. You know, 
there's a bunch of, we don't have a bill, right? We have something that's been vaguely written in, in uh, Congress by, by some of the, the House Republicans. My sense is that there are sort of, yeah, there'll be some kind of repeal and some kind of replace. I think that probably will happen. I think they'll probably will get that done. Uh, it may be, it may be really bad for industry. It may cut um, Medicaid substantially. It may end up putting a freeze into hospital payments, which will trickle down into a freeze of, of technology spend. That may be a problem. But my sense is that that won't happen so quickly. And what instead we will see is a push towards more things like consumer control of health and uh, transparency and payment systems. So a lot of the people who live in the sort of health 2.0 world that I live in, uh, you know, will benefit from that. And I think a lot of these ideas towards sort of getting better transparency in the system and getting more understanding of what value and, you know, paying for outcomes will, you know, will still compete in the bubble of the surface. And there'll be a lot more cash payments and people figure out how do you make more rational ability to deliver cash payments. There are some companies who are here and some other companies who are not here, I've seen, who are, who are thinking about those ways. So my sentiment is that people are in, in general are, you know, optimistic, although there will be some, some definitely some nuanced changes into how things get done under the new administration. Now, I know you just mentioned, you know, the Health 2.0 community here, you know, and so talking about that, that innovation community that's kind of driven by the innovators that are in the legacy healthcare companies as well as investors and then, of course, the startups. Yeah. So how can they capitalize on this? What, what would be your best advice for maybe a startup or, or an innovation team in an organization as they're looking at these changes coming down the pike at them? How can they be ready to just, you know, kind of jump on that wave and ride it in? Well, I think there are three main things that they can do. Sure. So the first thing is keep a BDI on those regulations. Indus of R, my uh, co-founder of Health 2.0, wrote a great piece, uh, which he presented at Winnetech. We were there, but also wrote a, she wrote a letter to, to, to Tom Price, which I didn't see that, or to the Senate about Tom Price. She was, <laughs> didn't have much influence, but she was basically talking about how the ACA created an ecosystem of companies. And new regulation, new legislation will do that as well. There'll be an ecosystem of companies, or they'll have to adapt to how do you deal with whatever it says. So, you know, keep right. an eye on that, it's number one. Number two, keep an eye on the technology needs of the big legacy vendors. They, many of them now, in fact, even Epic, are starting to open up uh, uh, the ability for people to come in and play in their sandbox. All scripts have been helping this for a long time. I think you'll find a health catalyst, SAP, some of the companies have been talking to right. starting to do that. And you're going to see Cerner has been uh, having people playing with its uh, fire sandbox and was walking past their booth. So I think you know that that's going to be one thing. Those guys themselves, by the way, are involved in some battle for market share. You should look at the Cerner booth and the Epic booth. They have yeah. a, all this lecture about who's saying what about who's telling what lies about how much ROI they have. But you know, they're, they're no longer in growth. They're in a market share battle between them. But um, you know, overall, I think so that's the second thing. The third thing is to go look at. What kind of positive ROIs can you do for ROIs can you provide for new markets, particularly people who have pain points, and obviously large self-insured employers to some of the payers uh, and some of the state Medicaid programs are in those modes. So what can you get to go and deliver to those pain points? In fact, I just saw it had a rather fun interview because I showed my uh, my bed bug scars, oh, no. uh, which are quite horrendous. Yes, you can get bed bugs. Uh, didn't get it in the hotel, thank God. <laughs> my in-laws, unfortunately. Um, with a little company <laughs> called Cirrus MD, which is now doing sort of text messaging for doctors within health, as white label within health systems. Uh, I'll show that fun to do the healthcare blog later, but uh, okay. it's video and quite graphic. But the, 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 the joke is, right, that, that uh, those types of companies are figuring out what's the pain point within the health system. Can people text their doctor? What if you set up a little sort of doctor 
got a call center, a tech center, they're, they're, they're finding some good uptake with sure. Harris Methodist and some others. So there are little areas that you can play with niches with either big players or big uh, or, or um, you know, or big tech companies who are looking at that kind of stuff. So that's the other area to think for small tech, smaller tech companies to be looking at. Um, but overall, everyone's got to start answering a product pain point and then you know if you're going further than that talking about delivering ROI which may or may not be uh, may or may not be so important if you answer that product pain point first right. but if you're going to go on your own um, deliver a solution to an end to an end user an end payer, then pair then the uh, ROI question you do have to address much as I hate it and in fact somebody's going to come on later uh, in, this, in this session we'll talk, we can talk a bit about that great so I wanted to ask you to an um about your takeaways from from him. So I've, I've I've spoken with you throughout the year here at different different points um, <laughs> at, at different conferences, and I'm going to keep asking because I know you have another Health 2.0 conference coming up in May, correct? Uh, in Barcelona. Yeah, one in Barcelona coming up in May. May third to third to, five, to three to five, but third to fifth of May in Barcelona. For those of you who like international travel, or if you're in Spain, who doesn't want to go to Spain or in the EU? Who doesn't want to go to Barcelona? <laughs> um, and then uh, following that, we are we have our HX3 Factor conference, which is a conference for developers and designers in June in Boston and then the big kahuna our, our big version not quite the size of him so darn sight more innovative and fun is uh, <laughs> Health 2.0 which is in Santa Clara um, in the October the 1st to the 4th in the fall and that's a well curated conference uh, with a lot of different speakers but I wanted to ask you so you know you're here at Hims, and it's like what are the takeaways that you're going to take take with you I guess into those conferences into your own into your own events. Um, what are, is there anything that really kind of blew your mind here that you're taking with you or anything that was missing here that you're gonna make sure that you address um, either on the stage of Barcelona or beyond? Uh, you know, I think the the, the the piece that's still missing is how do you make the introduction from uh, of small innovative technologies into the into the domain of getting used. Um, and we do a lot of work both at Health Diverse Conferences but also outside in our Catalyst program in actually bringing together um, small tech companies and curating the mix with uh, hospitals and other end users' plans and some extent pharma and uh, community health centers. Talk real quick users. about Catalyst for those so who don't Ca know Catalyst what that is. Catalyst is a, a small program at Health 2.0 where we, we work with predominantly companies that either want to launch a competition. We've just closed a very successful competition with Pfizer. I have well, closed the entries. We haven't finished the competition yet. With Pfizer around uh, building applications for, for patients with metastatic breast cancer. We're working on another one around uh, Planet Rx Choice with uh, Robert Johnson Foundation at the moment. Um, and we also run a series of programs that use that kind of platform for, in for creating competition but add a sort of matchmaking between small tech companies and uh, hospital and users. Um, and, and the competition ends up resulting in paid pilots or paid commercial programs Excellent. between the, the, user, the, the host user and the tech company. We run that in New York City for the New York City Economic Development Corporation. We're running a version of that in India for the World Bank, for IFC. We That's run a incredible. number of those uh, across the world. We're, we're looking at doing some more of those, both internationally and domestically, over the, over the next That's uh, exciting. Years. And, that, that, and so Catalyst runs those types of programs. Okay. And really what's going on there is that it's it's the community of uh, startups and health tech companies and you know uh, potential users, um, hospital systems and others that we are bringing together. And we do that both obviously at the conferences, but also in particular programs that, uh, usually with some kind of economic development flavor as people try to build in their region a, uh, a health technology business around new technology rather than old legacy technology. We're not talking about Epic, we're trying to, they say they're reinventing themselves, but we're, 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 I, was, I was kind of kidding with Carl Vorschach the other night, who's uh, the number two guy at Epic about it. I still got, I keep saying, Carl, you're always welcome to Health 2.0. He's always going, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> where, uh, where, you know, 
Whereas folks like Allscripts and uh, Athena Health who want to come in and meet these new tech companies have been aggressively coming to Health 2.0. So there's still that divide going on there, but really we've got to close that gap. Yeah. You know, I kind of kid about him, so we've really got to close this sort of gap between the old legacy enterprise guys sure. who are on-premise and in the basement with the cloud guys who are you know out on Amazon Web Services. And you're now seeing Amazon Web Services and Google Cloud and other people yeah. here at this, this conference. Um, last night I was with the Pocketdoc folks and they just announced putting a bunch of their APIs to be readily used on Amazon Web Services. Yes, you saw that. It's, on, it's on Amazon. Right, so <laughs> you, can, you can do that straight away. So you're starting to see you know, these two worlds collide together. And just to, just to deviate a little bit, it's very interesting. If you think about Gmail, which was a service originally used by individuals, then you start to be able to buy Google Apps um, for five bucks a user and a lot of small companies like ours use that. And now G Suite, which is the Google Apps sort of enterprise version, is being used by a lot of big companies. And the back end of that, I don't know people who work there, they're building a series of tools that like little companies don't care about, but a huge investment bank or you know, big retailer would care about. And most of these big enterprises are moving their everyday applications off into the cloud and have them managed by companies like Google, have them running on Amazon, having Salesforce, those kinds of companies running them in, in everyday business. And healthcare is a long way behind that trend. Yeah. Most of the main applications are sitting in the basement. They're hosted locally. They are a Cerner. They are at Epic, what have you. But you're starting to see that trend coming around the edges, and it will be getting to the middle. And when that happens, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now, that's <laughs> gonna, it's going to be a very different world. So uh, I'm not sure that was my, my that's not, a takeaway, that's but that's kind of where no, I think that, that, that is starting no, I to happen. That and I think, I think these two worlds are sort of starting to come together. And, you know, I've got to tell you, when we started Health 2.0, Back in 2007, you know, we were like, the gap was huge, and right. now they're both, they're, we're coming we're towards each closer. other, which is good or bad for him, so Health 2.0, but for the industry as a whole, it's a good thing. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us, and I know we've got a couple of guests right. who are going to be joining us, so um, we're I, going to I be talking to Rosemary in a minute. We'll, uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Jessica. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Mm -hmm.